there. Welcome to Beauties and Banter, a lifestyle podcast where we are relevant, witty, and opinionated. Okay, y'all, the banter is brewing. It's time to sip some tea, so let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) Happy podcast day. Happy podcast day. So, hey, y'all, we are, oh my gosh, is this one of the last weeks of February? This is the last week of February. I can't even get it out. February. (laughs) February. Yes, it is the last week of Black History Month and also the last week of February, where we have been highlighting Black businesses and Discussing the black businesses that we support. So, who did you support this week, Renee? I supported a black business um, restaurant here in Chicago called Chicago Chicken and Waffles. So, I ordered some food from them this week. I had some fried chicken and waffles. I miss them. I used to love going there. Mm -hmm. And some macaroni and cheese. Um, So, that's what I had this week. Okay. Well, I did not do much shopping and going out and about this week, but I did get my hair done, and um, my hairstylist is a African-American woman, and she is a full-time hairstylist, silked by Sonny, so shout out to Sonny Garrett, and I was just looking on her social media this week. Her dad just uh, was elected mayor of a town right outside of Dallas. So, um, black folks doing big things. Hey. <laughs> and then speaking of Fubuary, mm-hmm. I did get a chance to see my girl Patrice this weekend, which is, um, who started the whole Fubuary thing that yeah. we talked about before, Creative Law Genius. She is the own, the founder of, of the business. And I got a chance to see her and spend some time with her this weekend at book club yesterday. So shout out to Patrice. So can you share what she, um, her insight on how Fubuary has going? I mean, I know I, we've been shouting it out. I know she posted on her social media. What kind of feedback has she been getting? She's been getting good feedback. She was really, um, excited that we gave her a shout out and she was, saying thank you very much and the feedback that she's been getting is really good because literally she's posted something every single day um about people for black history month and um the likes that she's gotten the comments that she's gotten the views she did a video the other day that had 254 views um she did Issa Rae 363 views so it has been really good feedback and some good comments on there so like I said, if you guys haven't, like, if you need a lawyer, she's in Chicago, Cali, and the DMV area, and you are for creatives, it's a full-service law firm for creative industries. And what they do is they protect brands. They help create um, with the creation of them and help them to build legacies. They've been around since 2010, so Creative Genius Law. Look them up. Okay, cool, cool. I do like Patrice. I remember Patrice. I first met her. Um, She had a food truck festival in Chicago, street food artistry. 
Um, and it's so funny because I can remember I was just getting started blogging. Uh, Jocelyn Grandbaby Cakes, who's clearly a big deal now, um, was just getting started then. I remember meeting her then. And I know that was uh, something that Patrice helped to create in the Chicago area. So um, she's awesome. So shout out to her. So, okay. Well, it's Sunday, y'all. And today's podcast is all about church, honey. <laughs> and not just regular church. We're talking about the business side of church. So y'all know last season we talked about churching and trapping. <laughs> if you haven't gone, listen to that in season two. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, this time we're talking about churching and hustling. I'm a hustler. I'm a I'm a hustler. Okay. That's what some of these pastors are saying. So we want to break that down as two self-proclaimed Jesus girls. Um, we love the Lord. He heard our cry. Yes, Lord. <laughs> we both go to church, but we both also recognize um, some of the negative press that the church can get, some of the criticism, and even some of the things we've seen ourselves with the institution of the church, if you will. Not nothing to Jesus. Shout out to him. Perfect in all of your ways. Amen. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the institution of the church. Um, so you want to start us off, Renee? Yes. You both got some oh, goodies God. and tea. <laughs> yes. So I was Googling on the Googler. The Googlers. Yeah, I was Googling on the Googler. And what I found is this website, and it's Praise1079 in Philly. So I guess I stumbled across their blog, and they had some really cool information. They said that the average salary for lead pastor in a megachurch is 147000 according to a recent survey. Mm. And salaries for lead pastors go as high as 400000 and as low as 40000 I want to be on that 400,000 mark if I was a pastor. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm just saying leadership network reported this in 2010, a large church salary and benefits report. So that's where that came from. Hmm. So I think the question of the day is are churches a business or not? I think it's a little bit of both and a big fat. uh, Yeah, it is a business. So you mentioned on the high end 400,000, I'm just going to guess whose salary that is. And <laughs> because when I also did some um, research on mega churches. So you all know I live in Texas. This is the land of mega churches. I'm in the Man, South. Is it not? For oh, real? Just in Dallas, Fort Worth alone, there are four mega churches. Um, and then there are. There's one in Houston, and actually the number one is in Houston. Our good friend, Joel Osteen, who's the pastor. Hey, Joel. <laughs> hey, Mr. Joel. Mr. Smiling Preacher Joel, as they call him. Mm. Um, but the largest church in America is Lakewood Church, pastored by Joel Osteen. Average weekly attendance is 43,500 people. Um, and so... 
I'm going to guess he's that $400,000 person. <laughs> right. I used to be one of those 400,000, one of those 400,000 people that attended the church. So well, 43,000, well, 43,000. I used to be one of those people. Yeah. And I am one of those people who consumes his sermons through his podcast, um, through the Sirius XM network. And, you know, we want to talk about some of that. Right. Um, so I think that's a good segue around the business. I think one thing that I've noticed is these mega churches, it goes beyond the campus, right? So Houston, um, the Lakewood Church is actually one of the few mega churches that actually has one campus. Anybody who doesn't know anything about that, they actually purchased the former basketball arena where mm-hmm. the Houston Rockets play. So they have one campus, 43,000 people. But a lot of these other churches have multiple council uh, campuses. The other church that was in the top 10 was Fellowship Church here in Dallas-Fort Worth. They have like five campuses. I actually this week was at their church. So it's so interesting. We were already planning on doing this podcast and I actually had the opportunity to turn. Uh, Why would I say that? <laughs> oh my God, y'all. I actually had the opportunity to attend a turn. <laughs> what am I thinking? The C the C three conference, which is the Creative Church Conference, that's put on by Fellowship Church, and so they're huge here. And um, and so you know, it was so interesting. One of the things that I think what you see is how mega churches have the ability to lead more people into the church. Um, And most of these churches to preface that we're talking about today are Bible based churches and they believe in Jesus. So just to be clear on that. So they have this impact to lead people to Christ because of the way that they have made it into a business. So you mentioned Joel Osteen. He has the Sirius XM Joel Osteen station, which pretty much Mm. plays his sermons and music from the church 24-7. He has TV deals. Um, a lot of people are like, I discovered him by like turning on the TV, turn on BT in the mornings, turning on, you know, just a regular cable channel that you will watch. He has his books. I have several of his books. Um, he has like this Night of Hope tour where he basically tours around in different cities and puts on like a Sunday morning service. And books so, on, books on books. huh? I said books on books on books. Right. So, so his salary is actually not even from standing in the pulpit on Sunday morning. He gets a salary from books, from tours, from endorsement deals. And so, a lot of these churches are adopting the same model. Think about John Gray. He's now a pastor of a church, but he's got his deal with Own TV, the Book of John Gray, a TV show. He has record labels. Think about T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes has movies. He has conferences. He has books on books on books. He has music labels. And he is one that all of them, you know, like to make clear that they don't make their money from a salary from the church. Right. Because the biggest complaint that people have and the biggest criticism is that while they're standing up preaching, they're also lying in their pockets with the tithes and offerings that people are 
sending in. But I think in some of these mega churches, it is pretty clear that the pastors themselves, they make their money off of using social media, using media to extend their um, personality and the word that they have into a business. So they are CEOs. They aren't just pastors. These are CEOs. T.D. Jakes has T.D.J. Enterprises. I'm sure Joel Osteen has Osteen Media. (laughs) You know, these things aren't under the church umbrella. They're under their personal umbrellas, which for some people that kind of gets cloudy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I could speak to for Joel because I I was a member of the church when I was there. For Pastor Joel, he definitely um, does get his money from that. But he started small. So his that church didn't start as a mega church. They started in a barn where his dad was the pastor and built it up to what it is today. Um, Joel is the one that really got it to where it is. His dad, um, when he was young, when Joel was younger in his teenage years and when he was working and being under his dad, it wasn't for Joel to take over. Joel never wanted to do that. Yeah. It was after his father passed away that Joel took over and took the reins. But he also made sure before that happened is that he had talked his dad into being on TV and to extending that role to where that they would grow. So that's how they grew. They grew from being on TV and Joel was behind the scenes and running the whole show behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And that's how they got to where they are and preaching. It's so funny because. I used to think when I first moved to Houston, people used to talk about Lakewood all the time. Lakewood, Lakewood, Lakewood. You need to go to Lakewood. Yeah. I would be like, y'all are crazy. Y'all are cold. Why are y'all so into this church? (laughs) Like, I just couldn't understand it. And it wasn't until years later that I was one of the ones who saw Lakewood on TV. I was going through my divorce at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, this man is just so charismatic. He has this personality that just captured me at the time that I needed it. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. And I just remember being on my knees and like praying with along with him and being so into this. And I was like, I have to go to this church. And when I went to this church, I saw how it was ran. It's ran as a business. They are very much so we, this is what people do. This is how it's set up. This is how we're going to get to the next level. They hadn't moved into the compact center is what it was called at the time. They hadn't moved there yet. So they were in the process of trying to get it. And in order to do that, you have to think as a business person, as a CEO. Well, you do. You have staff like what you just listed. You know, they have staff. You got to have somebody running the audio visual equipment. You got to have somebody responsible for communication. You have to have somebody for operations. And um, a lot of these pastors, as these churches grow, they are running businesses. So as I mentioned, I went to that creative church conference. We weren't in there talking about Jesus all the time. It was how to handle crises. It was, you know, dealing when, you know, um, the kind of big, the big services come Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day, you know, handling crowds, making good first impressions, um, how to handle your finances, legal aspects. This was a true like business conference, but with churches, you know, it, it was a lot uh, no different than if I were attending a social media conference for work. You know, did we have the preachers preaching a word? Yes. But it was definitely 
the tone was all about, you know, staying motivated, how to handle crisis, how to keep going when you feel like giving up. Because I think some of the criticism is that church has become too businesslike. I've heard people talk about, well, they got ATMs in the lobby. That's a turnoff. And and what's all this? Everything is online. And they're always trying to like sell me something, you know, but in a lot of ways, there are people who are finding hope and inspiration through these outlets of social media and TV and radio and these books. And those things can happen without financial support, right? Um, Absolutely. But what do you think about the, what do you think about saying, no, forget all that. The old school way is you're called to preach. You preach. That's it. You don't be making no movies. You don't be going on no tours. You know, a lot of people, I think, think in our like grandparents days, those preachers preached and that's it. Some of them maybe had like full time jobs. But their pastoring was either a full-time income for them and it was very humble or they pastored and worked like a full-time kind of blue collar or whatever job. And they pastored until they passed away. And the reason I say, what do you think about that is because my former pastor in Chicago recently announced his retirement and he's only 42 But he is also a popular musician. And a lot of people are like, hmm, if God called you to pastor, don't you do that till the day you die? Like Joel Osteen's daddy, you know, or do it until you're sick and you can't no more. What is this with you preach until you feel it's time to move on and do something else with your career? Do you feel like these pastors, no matter how big they get, should stay devoted and just stick with preaching and not try to do all these extracurricular things? Or do you think it's okay to decide, you know what, I've pastored for this season. Now I want to do something else different in my career. Well, here's my thought. I think that, yes, you can do other things in your career, but once you're called to be a pastor, you're called to be a pastor. I don't think that you can flip flop back and forth Mm -hmm. in and out of um, the church. When God calls you to do something such as pastor and you take that on, you take that on and you keep going with that. Mm -hmm. Can you do other things? Absolutely. You could do other things. Um, I do believe that churches, no matter how big or how small, the business of it is to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even back in the day, you wanted to grow your membership, even if you did have a small salary or no salary at all. Your business was to grow. So whether that's grow in growing the membership, growing the church to make it bigger, growing yourself as well, too. So look at T.D. Jakes. Yeah. T.D. Jakes is not stepping away from the pulpit because that's what he was called to do. Exactly. He's also uh, producing. He's directing. He has the record label. He has all these different things that he's doing, but he's still a pastor of a church. Yeah. So I think that you still have to, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to, but I think that you still, if God has called you to do something in my heart, if God has called me to do something, that's what I should do. Yeah. That's how I feel too. And I understand that like, there are different like seasons and there are different opportunities that come along. I definitely think if you can write a book or put on a tour or 
you have the gift of music and you can record an album, absolutely do that. But I think you have to remember what gave you that platform and opportunity. And that was your ministry. And that's what God called you to do. So you stay committed to that. But I think when it starts feeling like too businessy, it's very much like, okay, yeah, a CEO is going to move around and make different career moves, right? Until they get to a certain position. And a lot of people feel that a lot of these pastors are starting to do that. Leaving one church, going to a bigger one. You know, leaving this one, going to something else. And it's just like, well, what about your ministry, right? Your ministry was your first one. And if God called you to this place, is there a reason that you feel you are now no longer not called there? And some people will say, you know what? It's not for them to explain to us. It's between them and God, you know, but it's just interesting. I want to go back to one thing you said, though, about growth. The whole purpose of the church is to grow. And I mean, that's biblical because the church in reference to the Bible um, was all about, you know, the people. And so whether you're in a building, whether it's all online or whether you're just a small group of believers, you are the church. And so the Bible and a lot in the New Testament um, and in Corinthians is talking about the growth of the church. So now, as we said, these mega churches are so big now. So some of the reasons for rapid church growth in this day and age now um, are because they tend to appeal to a younger generation. If you notice, it's so interesting, you know, Renee and I both have experiences of going to more modern progressive churches where the pastors are preaching in skinny jeans and (laughs) T-shirts. I remember when I first started going to my former church in Chicago, it was a very traditional black Baptist church. And even after a while, he started coming there with a jogging suit on, you know. So they appeal to a younger generation. Um, They say that church is growing because they're using state-of-the-art technology with Bible apps. The, the church that I attend here in Dallas, shout out to One Community Church. I love my church. We have an app. We have a podcast. On the app, you can download the sermons. You can download the notes from the sermons. You can check out events. And so, again, thinking about a business, you know, just like a company makes an app available to you to, to do whatever you need to, the church is doing the same thing now. Um, they also have live streamed sermons. So now, as you just said, Renee, you streamed church this morning. I sure did. Yeah. Shout out to Soul City. I mean, so, some of these churches, they refer to their, I know at T.D. Jake's here at, at the Potter's House here in Dallas, because my family attends there. It's their e-church community. At some church, they have an e-church pastor. They have a pastor wow. for their online community. So they're really helping to make people feel more in, you know, uh, part of a community, even though they're online. Um, another reason it's growing is because they have more than one campus. So as I mentioned, Fellowship Church here in Grapevine has five campuses. My church has three campuses. So their main campus is way out in the suburbs, but there's a satellite campus that's literally two miles from my house. So as churches are growing, they're not saying you don't just have to come to Lakewood in Houston, you know, downtown. You can come to all these other satellites. Now, Lakewood hasn't adopted that model, but more and more churches are starting to adopt models where there are satellite campuses. And so they're making it more accessible. And so 
a lot of those things, which I think all tie back to business decisions, a business decision to build an app, a business decision to, you know, change up the perception of the church and have the pastor go through an image makeover, a business decision to launch a new location, a business decision. They talk about the music, that there's more Christian rock music instead of traditional old school gospel. And that's appealing to younger people. And that's why they're seeing church growth. So speaking of churches, we wanted to pop in and be sure to shout out our sponsor for this episode, Zola. The wedding company that will do anything for love is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier. So as you look to plan your church wedding here in the new future, be sure to keep Zola in mind. Zola is there combining compassionate customer service with modern tools and technology, all in the service of love. Over 500,000 couples have used Zola to build their dream registry and integrate it on their free wedding website. So having these free tools that Zola offers really helps you to save some coins for your big day. And I already signed up, and one of my favorite features are all the save the date and invitation designs that they offer that also match to a really equally stunning wedding website. So as I proclaim marriage in my future for 2019, I'm already signed up for Zola and I want you all to join us too. You can start your free wedding website and get $50 off your registry on Zola when you go to the website zola.com banter. Again, that's zola.com slash banter b-a-n-t-e-r so go ahead and start planning now you can start building at your free wedding website you can start picking out some cool save the date and invitation designs i'm telling y'all they are really really cool and super nice and who doesn't love a free website so check it out at zola.com slash banter But they also have to realize that they can't change the message of what church is all about, too. Yeah. One of the things that I love about Soul City is that their core message is to transform the um, lives of people to get them to come to Jesus, to have a better life with Jesus. Um, And that's what they are all about. So even though they come in skinny jeans, they play more progressive music for their praise and worship. They um, have online streaming. They are opening up a satellite campus. They are making sure that people have a transformative um, experience to come to Jesus. I mean, and that and that's what the bottom line is all about, and that you experience Jesus and that you are able to teach other people about Jesus. One yeah. of the things that I have um, noticed with myself and how I've transformed in just the past couple of months of going there is talking more about Jesus in my everyday life. Yeah. When I go to work, I'm talking about Jesus. Like, I have not really done that before. I am in my account saying, let me tell you about how good Jesus is. You better come on and be a disciple for the Lord. Girl, (laughs) let me tell you, we have a church in some of these places. Mm -hmm. Like, they are like, I I know that I am different. I, I see the difference in me. Um... I talk about Jesus. I was talking about Jesus with the ex ex that I've dated before in the grocery store. The reason why I'm talking to you, you better be saying thank you to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, and I'm in all seriousness. I mean, I was I was joking with him, but I was I was definitely very serious. Like the reason why I am able to stand here and talk to you today because of Jesus. And I would not have been able to have that experience. I don't think if it were not for me attending Soul City and having the experience that I have there. Well, I'm glad you brought that up for two reasons, um, because I think some of the criticism that the church gets specifically someone like Joel Osteen, we'll just put it out there, although you and I are both fans, a lot of people feel like it's a watered-down version of Christianity. And it's all, la-la-la, Jesus loves you, you've done nothing wrong, everyone's going to heaven, he loves you all, everyone's meant to be happy, just (laughs) hang in there. And some people feel like, "Uh uh-uh, you better talk to them about the devil and the fire and the brimstone and the hell that's awaiting them if they don't get their sins right. And so I think something that happens with a lot of these large churches is people do tend to take the focus off Jesus. They don't go very deep into the Bible because they are trying to attract so many people to the church because perhaps their intention isn't to win more people to be disciples of Christ, to be doing things like what you're doing, standing in the grocery store talking about Jesus, and that they're more about the money. And to your point, one thing that I loved about Soul City is that every Sunday, it's clear and when they talk during the offering and invitation, and it's on the walls, that our purpose is mm-hmm. to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I will say, growing up in a very traditional Baptist church background, and even in college attending Bible churches, when I started going to this little more modern type of church, and I'll talk a little bit about my transition to Soul City myself, I was a little weary that were they going to be watering down things? And were they not going to deal with real issues? And was I not going to be held accountable? Was I not going to feel convicted? And was it going to be this talk of God, but no clear talk of Jesus. And I was so wrong. And I'm glad I was wrong because I too had a very transforming time in Soul City. So I think for someone who really is a believer in Jesus, they can tend to be a little weary with some of these new modern mega churches because they want to make sure that they're still getting that biblical, you know, um, that they were grew up in tradition and not some watered-down version. Um, But one thing that I was going to say is that, you know, I think it's so important to remember that it's about that relationship and Mm -hmm. choosing relationship over religion. And that way, when the church lets you down, because it will, um, because in a minute we'll talk about pimps in the pulpit (laughs) and (laughs) the bad thing that the pastors do, and maybe not even the pastors, just things that happen in the church that like hurt people um that you remember that you know what it's not about that person in the pulpit it's about your relationship with Jesus but that you also know that when it's time to move on and when it's time to move on for your spiritual growth and so I mentioned a lot about my former church in Chicago I don't want to call it by name I don't want to call the pastor out by name If you've listened enough, it's very easy to read in between the lines and know what I'm talking about. But I decided to leave there 
for a number of reasons. The pastor was involved in a sex scandal. The pastor never stepped down after said sex scandal. He did apologize, but there was still a lot of questions surrounding it. Um, the church was doing a large, you know, um, building fund, if you will, old school, and it, it never got off the ground. And there was a lot of questions on what the future was. I was involved and there was a lot of disorganization in some of the ministries that I was involved in. And it was just a lot. And for me personally, uh, I still had a level of respect for him as a person and did not dislike him. I loved his wife and her ministry, but I just no longer felt that I was growing there anymore. And I, I just could not get over some of the uh, betrayal in a sense that it happened. And I couldn't get past some of the things that I saw that could be improved and how that was stifling me from really utilizing my gifts and talents. And I came to Soul City, you know, and I just really felt like they got it. And I was able to immediately get plugged in. And a lot of that is because of this very thing that they really run it like a business. You know, I mean, from the day that I came and was like, I'm new, it was filling out my information on an iPad and I immediately got a welcome email. And then I got invited to come to an event to learn about ministries. And then it was when I decided to get in the leadership and lead a small group, it was they had everything organized, the curriculum and, you know, there is a level of business operations at the least that a church needs to have to keep people engaged, keep people involved and to make sure things run smoothly to make sure people don't get burnt out and to make sure people don't get frustrated. And then on top of that comes Sunday morning. That's a business from the technology to the communication. Mm -hmm. I started volunteering on guest services to the way that we interact and the times we used an app to plan out when we were going to be there. And, you know, so I just overall had a better experience. And to your point, it led to my spiritual growth and it led to me sharing more about Jesus, sharing more about Soul City. And it's the reason why you're there now. Yep. that You are definitely the reason why I came there. When you invited me to that service, um, Girl Bosses of the Bible was what Pastor Jeannie was preaching about. And I was so moved by that. Um, and my last church that I was at, I really enjoyed it, but I just wasn't getting, I wasn't aware that I wasn't getting fed everything that I needed. Right. And it's what you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So it wasn't until I experienced something different that I realized I wasn't getting what I actually needed. And when I was like, I would always just dream for, for church. It was rare that I went to church with my last church. Yeah. And so now with Soul City, I'm like, I got to be in church. I got to <laughs> go to church. Okay. It's Sunday. I'm going to church. And now I'm like, okay, it's time to volunteer. Yeah. I never thought about volunteering at my last church. Are you at volunteering? For that matter. For that matter. I was going to go this Sunday, but I didn't go this Sunday, but next Sunday I'm going to go fill, I'm going to fill out the card in the Yay. back. They said that you could do that. So, I'm going to start volunteering. That's my next step. I tell people, I share Soul City so much with people that it's not even funny. I met someone recently. She and I were just 
having a conversation. I met her through a friend of mine and um, we ended up hanging out, having lunch together. I was like telling her about Soul City. I sent her, I went back, found the girl bosses of the Bible. I sent that to her. I was at book club talking about Soul City. I mean, I, I can't get enough. Yeah. I, I am very excited about this church. I'm very excited about my growth. And like you said, if you're not getting what you need, you got to know when to fold them. As Kenny, uh, what was his name? Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers would say, <laughs> no one to fold them. No, no one to hold them. No one to fold them and no one to walk away. Yes. And speaking of walk away, you know, one of the biggest things that keeps people away from the church is the negative press and all the scandals that come out of church. So I have the luxury to have friends that are non-churched. And I say luxury because I think it's great to surround yourself with people who don't always have the same beliefs of you. And, and of my friends that do not go to church, I remember asking one and he was, he's a guy, why, you know, and he was like, well, he wasn't, um, uh, brought up in the church. Right. So it was foreign to him. His parents started going to church while he was an adult and then they tried to get him to start going. And so one thing that he said is like, every time I'm hearing something about church, I'm hearing something about a pastor running off with the deacon's wife running off with money, doing something crazy. There are a lot of misbehaving people out there, right? Mm -hmm. And so that can tend to say, you know what? Why do I want to be over there with all that mess? This is supposed to be like a holy place and things like that. But um, it made me think of all of that, the pimps in the pulpit, as they call them. So there's actually a website called pimppreacher.com. Oh, Lord. Right. Which is dedicated to reporting the moral and ethical failures of pastors. It's an it's an online space where church members report their violations of their pastors. Many of these violations are not only against scripture, but also against the law. Um, And while this person was saying why they don't necessarily agree with the idea of it, it has provided an outlet for abused members to call their pastors out when other leaders neglect to do so. Now that part I do think is important. There was a large, another, the only mega church that is in Chicago, there was one on the list, the top 25 Willow Creek church found themselves in the middle of a scandal with the hashtag me too. And one of the things that came out of that was that those women had expressed to the leaders in that church and nothing was done about it. Nothing was ever done. And so you have to think about that hurt that people go through. And one of those members left and is at Soul City. And she had the courage to talk about her story. And uh, the pastors of Soul City allowed her that platform, which I thought was so courageous of them, too. Because there are a lot of people in Chicago still affiliated with that church. That church is very big name. Um But that's the unfortunate thing is that some people are definitely hurt in the church. And then when they go to express it, they feel like nothing is done about it because everyone's trying to keep the reputation so squeaky clean of whatever leaders are involved. And so while this website, when you go, has a whole lot of drama and a mess, I just browsed to the first page and I was like, you know what? I cannot even begin 
Um, it is good. <laughs> you have to say this too much. This. Too much. This too much. D I S. <laughs> right. This D I S two the number two merch M U R A M U R C H merch. Yeah, this too much. <laughs> Um, but think about some of the more well-known scandals, right? Bishop Eddie Long with molesting boys. Um, Jamal Bryant with fathering multiple children outside of his marriage. And even since he's been single, fathering another child out of wedlock. Yet he is. We're going to all say allegedly. No, we're not going to say allegedly. Well, I'm going to say allegedly with all these people because I don't know for sure what these folks doing. Okay, Eddie Long, may he rest in peace. We can say allegedly, because while he did settle out of court, um, there was never any criminal charges or everything. Jamal Bryant, I will not be saying allegedly, because there are paternity tests, and he accepted paternity. Oh, and did he? Of, of the ones outside of his marriage, he actually preached about it and was like, yes, I failed. But my problem with that, um, very similar to... Um, when we go back to them being like CEOs, think about any time you hear a CEO involved in some misconduct or a scandal or hashtag me too. They resign, don't they? Or either they get fired. Or they get fired. Both my former pastor in Chicago, Jamal Bryant and Eddie Long, when they found themselves in scandals, they did not resign. They did not sit down. They did not go on sabbaticals. They, they stood- took a short little break. no. Didn't nobody take no short nothing, at least in one or three of those cases where I sat in the pews every Sunday. I never noticed a short break. (laughs) So another more recent example is John Gray, who has seemingly confessed himself to infidelity. Oh, yes, he did. You know, but then want to turn around and say, get out of my business. And also ain't no short break. (laughs) So And then I'm going to continue to probably counsel I can't even get it out counsel uh counsel oh, people yes. uh in marriage counseling I'm going to continue to to console them and and talk to them about their oh, marriage oh not only and I'm going to teach them oh not only that I'm going to also continue to condemn singles for fornicating and I'm going to be standing up here telling you all that you need to remain pure and you need to be walking in the spirit of a, a wife and not a girlfriend while I cheat on my wife. Don't let me get started. (laughs) Boy, bye. So these are some of the, this is, again, love Jesus. I, I will always be a part of the church, but these are the things when you, if you do not have a strong faith and if you do not really believe, and if you aren't clear on the fact that these men that stand in the pulpit are flawed humans, who are not perfect, no matter how much they want to present themselves to be, this kind of stuff will mess you up. This will mess you up because you're right. I'm going to sit here and counsel you and host marriage retreats and tell you about how you need to be pure while I cheat on my wife. I don't think so. While I father children outside of the pulpit. Not today, Satan. While I engage in homosexuality that I also marched against same-sex marriage. Mm-mm, not going to happen. Oh, yes. Or I'm going to steal from the church 
while I stand in the pulpit and tell you how you need to be given to God and he not going to bless you if you don't. Jesus, you better take the wheel. So it's just a lot going on, you know, and I think, again, some of these pastors are too arrogant to step down. And because church is a business and that's their paycheck, they Mm -hmm. are willing to let that check go. You better believe it. There's a lot at stake here. So this is why when you know you have a lot at stake, you need to hold yourself accountable. Our church has been in a series called Puzzled, um, all about commitment and relationships. It's been really, really good. If you want to check it out, One Community Church sermons are available online. The series is called Puzzled. But one thing that he was talking about today was that accountability and he doesn't sit there and act like he's perfect. He's been married for 18 years, 18. Well, I know they've been together for 18 years. He's a pastor, but he was like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't look at women. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't have a filter on my computer to make sure I don't go to pornographic sites. You know, that if I'm out and I see a woman with some curves that I'm not tempted to be like, ooh. he was like, I'll tell the person that I'm with that I noticed that woman so that they can hold me accountable to not doing something. And I think it's important to, to have a pastor and to understand what their character is like, what their accountability is like. And are there people in the church that will check them? And when something does go wrong, when someone comes forward with abuse, when someone comes forward with information about infidelity, when someone comes forward about misuse of funds, that people feel like something will be done and say, I know y'all missed Pastor so-and-so, but we found out X, Y, Z happened and he had to go. The but Lord will forgive. That they are human. They are very human. Yes. They are not, they are not Jesus. They never will be Jesus. They are here to lead, the, to give the word and to teach the word, but they are human. They're going to make mistakes, but we have to also realize that those mistakes, they have to be held accountable for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I'll get off that soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's just, I just think it's very dangerous because as I said, you know, you're dealing with people's lives and you're dealing, some people are really, really hurt by this, you know, and to be that arrogant and to try to keep reputation up when God has placed you in a position to lead people and to shepherd them, he did not place you into that position to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of responsibility. And that is why the Bible talks about the leaders are judged differently than the parishioners because you're called to a higher standard. So, With that being said, (laughs) we're going to wrap up this podcast. We want to hear your thoughts. Do you attend church? If so, how do you feel about churches being viewed as businesses? You know, how does your experience with mega churches impact how you feel about church overall in general? Have you had a bad interaction with the church and you now consider yourself more spiritual than religious? Because I meet a lot of people that do that. Or are you someone who church has never been your thing? We want to hear why. You know, these are just our thoughts and our perspective on church being a business. Some of the hustling and pimping that happens in the church. 
(laughs) And some of the things you have to look out for, but also the amazing spiritual growth that you can have and the amazing community that you can build and the amazing transformation that can take place in your life when you get to know Jesus and you get plugged into a church. And just remember Luke 12, 48. To whom much is given, much is required. Amen. And with that, if you like this, be sure to subscribe and share. Leave us a review. Please, please, please. Thank you all so much for some of the social media commentary. We got a lot of activity last week on our Relationship Goals podcast, which we really appreciate. Keep that same energy, y'all, and head over to iTunes (laughs) and write us a review. I know y'all got it in you. So really appreciate it. Again, you know, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as well as CastBox.